What is up, sports fans? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Fry, and I am the host of the Sports by Fry podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing everything to do with the NBA awards. So the regular season's behind us now. The actual MVP and Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, all those awards aren't announced until 25th of June. It's so stupid. The NBA installed this last year. We, by the time that they're going to be announcing these awards, everyone will have forgotten what actually happened in the year. It's stupid. They should have done it like the old way, released them gradually throughout the playoffs. That was dope. I'm not here to complain about that. I'm here to make my award picks, tell you who's going to be my Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, MVP, The Works. I'm recording this Friday afternoon, evening, so hopefully I'll have this episode up by Friday night. I've been a bit lacklustre with consistency lately, but pretty sure I'm going to commit to getting this up later today. If not, it'll be up Saturday morning first thing. On Saturday, I'm also planning on doing my, I think, fourth instalment of my NBA mock draft. Now that we know where all the teams are locked into, the coin flips has decided, the tiebreakers, etc. So we'll be doing another mock, and of course, Sunday we'll have the Sunday sit-down with JLo and all my Sunday picks. But enough of that, let me announce my picks. First up, most improved player. Honorable mentions go out to Stephen Adams and to Spencer Dinwiddie, who had a really good year with the Nets, but there's only one dude that can win this award, and it was clearly Victor Oladipo. After being traded to the Pacers, Oladipo became an all-star, he balled out, helped Indiana nearly win 50 wins. Part of their success goes to uh, Nate McMillan, who I'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, Oladipo was clearly the reason that Indiana was so good this year. These awards don't count in the playoffs, but I watched uh, game one of the Pacers versus Cavs game, clearly as a Cavs fan, and Oladipo lit us up. He was on fire. So I've watched him a few times throughout the year, and he's done similar things to similar teams very early in the year. I watched him hit a clutch shot against the Spurs when he had about 32, 33 points. He's a beast. One of the best two-way players in the league as well. So most improved award goes to Victor Oladipo. Next up is the sixth man of the year award. Very similar to the most improved. There is a clear winner. And the rest of the field's a bit murky. I threw honourable mentions out to Eric Gordon and to Bobby Portis. But guys like Will Barton, who else did I have in the mix? Uh, Freddie Vliet. There's a few guys that scored in that 10 to 15 points a game mark that were fine, but... Lou Williams is the clear winner here. He averaged nearly 22 points off the bench, was probably LA's best player all year, and the Clippers gave him a contract extension halfway through the year uh, due to his success. So clearly, I don't think anyone's going to dethrone him. So a pretty popular pick and an easy pick with Lou Will as the sixth man. The next one, not so easy, coach of the year. I could easily be talked into voting for about half a dozen coaches in the league this year. There's a lot of guys who've had great seasons. Coaches like the aforementioned Nate McMillan and Quinn Schneider have both helped Utah and Indiana overachieve in my eyes and turn them into near 50-win teams, which is pretty awesome considering their lists. Also, guys like Pop and Brad Stevens have won 50-plus... Oh, no, the Spurs didn't. They won a ton of games themselves without having their best player. You could make the argument that Kyrie is better than Gordon Hayward for Celtics, but Stevens didn't have Kyrie for about a quarter of the year anyway, so... All four of those guys deserve honourable mentions. In my eyes, though, the award can only go to one man, and that man is Dwayne Casey. After what he's done to help the Raptors revolutionise their offence, DeMar Rosen's success hitting a three ball and you know being a better all-round player and emerging as a bit of an MVP candidate in the early part of 2018 was a huge factor in the Raptors' success, but a lot of the credit does need to go to Dwayne Casey. He was fantastic this year. 
helped the Raptors win the Eastern Conference, and he also helped the Raptors win a franchise record number of games. Obviously, for Toronto, how they perform in the playoffs will dictate whether this year is a success or not, but regardless of that, for the 82-game schedule where all coaches performed, Dwayne Casey outperformed all of them. Next up is the Rookie of the Year. So, obviously, we know it's a two-horse race. Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons are the ones that everyone's tossing up between. Honourable mentions to guys like Tatum and Kuzma. They had great seasons. And even Laurie Markinen, you know, it was a really good rookie class. But I think in the last fortnight of the season, when the Sixers went on that massive surge to end the year, especially without JoJo, Ben Simmons kind of separated himself from Donovan. Donovan Mitchell deserves to be in the conversation, make no mistake, but... Very similar to a few of the awards. I think that there is a favourite and the clear favourite will probably win. If Donovan Mitchell does win the Rookie of the Year, I don't think it'll be a massive uproar. Would it be a bit of a surprise? Sure, but it's definitely justifiable. So both of those guys deserve huge props, but fellow Aussie takes out the Rookie of the Year. Might be the first Aussie ever to win that award. I'd have to check that out. Probably, let's be honest. Next up is another award that... He's also uh, under a lot of debate and a lot of uh, subjectiveness and I could, again, be talked into a handful of different winners, but the Defensive Player of the Year award, in my eyes, goes to Rudy Gobert. I know that he only played in 56 games, but the other competition for the award didn't really have a lot of factors citing for them as well. Joel Embiid, who's another popular pick in some people's eyes, only played 63 games. And although Anthony Davis played the majority of the games, or enough for him to you know, use that as a, a factor against uh, the other two in their argument for him winning. I don't think that he was as great defensively. He's a fantastic two-way player, but he's a true offensive superstar. And I think that if I was picking a team and I wanted a centre defensively, uh, which is kind of how I judge my, some of my awards, I'd want Rudy Gobert over the other two. So the big jazz man gets my vote for Defensive Player of the Year this year. The big one, the most valuable player. I gave honourable mentions to Dame Lillard, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James, which clearly means that the winner is James Harden. There's a lot of steam gathering that people think LeBron can make a case here, and I can see some of the side of it, but even as a Cavs fan, there's no way that James Harden can't win the MVP this year, and he might become the second ever unanimous MVP. He was unstoppable throughout the year. He can pretty much score any time he has the ball in his hands. He's that good. LeBron had a great year, but to only win 50 games in a pretty average Eastern Conference, even though his roster was forever changing and there were a lot of other factors going into that, I still think that Harden's just a little bit above him individually. And at the end of the day, the most valuable player award is an individual award. So team record does play a factor. Houston smacked him out of the park in that. Individual play, obviously, if you want to win a playoff series or a game or Maybe even a single season, nine times out of ten people would pick LeBron, but there's a case mounting for James Harden. So for me, James Harden was the 2017-18 MVP. I was going to dive into the all-defense teams, but to be honest, no one remembers the all-defense teams. There's some pieces that are important, and you know sometimes we use these defensive teams and all-NBA teams as tiebreakers to determine who had a better career, like I've done in the past in my Compare the Pair videos and etc. But... With the exception of the three guys that I mentioned um, who were in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year, I wanted to give a bit of a shout-out to Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler is a pretty good defender, Paul George, Drew Holiday, and Chris Paul, even though he played less than 60 games as well. All of those guys deserve recognition, but 
I'm not making my all-defense picks. I just don't, to be honest, don't care about it enough. Similar with the rookies, you know, there's always a class of rookies that are in the first team and they're kind of locks. There might be a sixth or a seventh guy that kind of pushes up. But, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, when you're trying to pick the 10th best rookie, they're the person who averaged nine points and four rebounds and has a bright future, like someone like John Collins on the Atlanta Hawks. But guys like Kuzma, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, um, who else am I forgetting? Jason Tatum, Lonzo Ball, Dennis Smith, Larry Markkinen. All those guys had great years. This rookie class is fantastic, so I'm giving a bit of a shout-out to all of them. Bit of a cop-out, but similar with the defensive teams, you know, you, you never really remember who's in the old book. doesn't really matter in my eyes, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Finally, I want to talk about my all-NBA teams. This one I actually do care about, and I think does matter a little bit. It does obviously matter and weigh into a lot of players' um, salaries. Sometimes they have incentives that if they're named in one of these teams, they get a bump up in their pay, so... For this one, I think it does matter. Earlier in the year, I talked about the All-NBA teams. I think there's about a dozen games left when I did this. Um, I did my All-NBA forward and All-NBA guard roulettes. I picked a few guys who I thought would finish the season strong and kind of forecasted how I thought the um, voting and the players' seasons would pan out, but it didn't really go according to plan. Guys like Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving are tough omissions because they missed a chunk of games. And players like Carl Anthony Towns and Al Horford just... I couldn't put them in. So, starting from third and going up. Here's my All-NBA third team. I've got Chris Paul, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, Ben Simmons, and Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a bit of a tricky one. I had Jokic floating around that mix as well, but considering Denver didn't make the playoffs, I didn't think that I could reward Yoke there. Clint Capella was another one who was really close, but... And he... See, even now I'm still changing my mind. Nah. Clint Capella's not on the team, it's Draymond. Draymond kind of kept them together a little bit when the injuries started pounding up. I know that they didn't win a huge amount of games in the eyes of a lot of people, but they're only year four of their big super surge. Draymond still led the team in rebounds and still led the team in assists throughout the regular season. So, you know, he's an animal and to me he's a great defender, so he deserves it. Some people might complain and say that Chris Paul missed just as many games as the likes of Curry, but I think that Chris Paul was a bigger factor to Houston's overall season. When Steph Curry was healthy, he was fantastic. But when Chris Paul was healthy, Houston was just on another level. Um, yeah, it's a tough one to split, but I just gave Chris Paul the nod by hair. My second team at the guard spot, I had Russell Westbrook and DeMar DeRozan. And at the forwards, I had Giannis, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Joel Embiid. All five of those guys have fantastic seasons. Giannis looks like he's going to be a future MVP. Joel Embiid very well could be a future MVP. Westbrook is the reigning MVP, so their credentials speak for themselves. DeMar DeRozan had a fantastic season. Had a bit of an off end to the year, but was still amazing, especially in the late December, early January period. And as we all know, LaMarcus Aldridge pretty much single-handedly saved Spurs seat. So I give all of those guys massive shout-outs. Comes as no surprise that my first team is Damian Lillard, James Harden, LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Now, the Durant and maybe Giannis or LaMarcus Aldridge or even Joel Embiid conversation that's a lot on a lot of people's mind, I get it, but I think that for the first half of the year, Durant was probably the defensive player of the year, um, and there's a few other guys in that mix who could have you know, pushed their way in, but yeah, no, nah, I think Durant deserves to be on the first team, even though he missed a few games. He, in my eyes, is a first-team All-NBA player. All right. Those are my 
picks for the NBA 2017-18 season. Um, I don't think there's anything really that's super standout-ish. I mean, some people are trying to be left to field and make LeBron the MVP and or make a case for Andre Roberson, who played 30-odd games as a defensive player of the year candidate, but whatever. I think my picks are pretty vanilla and pretty mainstream, but they're mainstream for a reason, and everyone will probably be right if they stay mainstream and pick these guys. Um, thanks for tuning in, listening to the podcast. Give it a rating and review on iTunes if you enjoyed it. Another episode will be coming out on Sunday with JLo. Um, there might be a couple of other things in the works as well next week. Again, thank you for listening slash watching. Until next time, peace.